You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Edward Baseball is back. Oh my goodness, yes it is. It's it's about time too. I it mean, is. what what we've been waiting for this whole seemingly endless winter has finally come to fruition. And and the fact that it didn't need to happen in the first place, we can just forget about all that right now. <laughs> like I have a few people I'll still hate forever because of this, but most of them I'm immediately forgiving it because 162 games are going to be played. We're getting all the good stuff. I cannot wait. It happened before we head out to the Southside Irish Parade on Sunday with Sox on 35th over at Cork and Carey at 106th and Western. So much to talk about on this show. James Fox is on this program. He always has a lot of information. He's going to tell us a little bit about what happened at the end, okay? Some of the stuff he told me. Uh, you know, before we even get him on the show here, some of the stuff he told me as we were getting ready to have him on uh, was enlightening to me. All right. Jordan Lazowski is going to appear on the show, but it's going to be a little different because we recorded him before everything was agreed to. We're going to explain that coming up. And Adam Kaplan is going to be on from Socks on 35th as well. This is all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, named one of the South Town's best in 2021 by the Daily South Town. If you have a foundation issue or think you might have it, you have seepage, you have bowing walls, you have uh, something that's just not making you feel right, cracks, whatever, you need to protect that foundation. You need to keep water out because the moment that happens, all kinds of other issues start happening. Maybe you just need them to check the sump pump. Does it work? Do you need an estimate? Everything is free and they give you money off if you mention socks in the basement. Family, veteran-owned and operated since they started in 2013, 24-7, you can call them, 708-330-4466. Learn what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. Tell me how you felt the moment you heard it was over and baseball was back. I was actually waiting to then see a subsequent tweet that said the owners had still more things that they needed to discuss that was going to lampoon it. I know. I mean, I, it was hard for me to even believe it when it was happening. I think one of the most striking things that happened in the final moments, and some people might have missed it, but the players had everything in front of them, and it was a good deal. And then word started to leak out that Mets players were angry and wanted to continue to hold out. And then the executive board for the players vote eight to zero to not accept the deal. And then we learn when this is all said and done that the majority, every team with the exception of four teams voted for the deal. Essentially Scott Boris and his overpaid players tried to lampoon the deal at the end. And the majority of players out there who are not the big earners wanted to play baseball were happy with what they had and said, yes, let's go, 162. Like, when you see that happen, it makes me have some hope for humanity because all of the evil and the bad and the money-grubbing and the greed and everything was ruining this for everybody. And the moment we got it in front of the players, the vast majority of them said, let's play ball. 
very much a sign of the times that, you know, you, you have the richest players in baseball. You have this executive committee. That's basically guys like Max Scherzer, who is going to make so much money this year that frankly, it, it's, it's embarrassing because his one season will out earn entire rosters, you know, entire 40 man rosters full of players, right. For their entire careers. And, and he's going to have the audacity to sit there and say, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold out because I think we need more. We need more from the owners or we need more money or, you know, this doesn't seem to benefit what my interests are now. So I'm going to hold this up, whether or not the rest of the, the leagues, you know, the rest, of the, the rest of the union likes it or not. And it's kind of the same thing with, you know, the, the idea of how the international draft is going to go because you already saw Francisco Lindor tweet out that, you know, this is going to be a huge division amongst the players. So the players are not unified in any way, shape, or form. And maybe that hurt the negotiations the entire time, but I really do think that this was just this was just an end game play where there were certain players in the room that were told, don't do it because we want to use this, we want to leverage this for something else. There was some other motivation that they had. And it does. It does make you, you know, really sick to think about that, that this could have gone south because of a minority of players. But yeah, you know what? I'm glad that most of the major league rosters, most of these guys that are in the union just wanted to play the game because that's all fans have been asking for. We just want you to play. Listen, we're going to be at Cork and Carey on Western on Sunday, 10614 Southwestern Avenue, traditional Irish bar in the Beverly neighborhood. And what has been described by multiple publications coming up to the return of the Southside Irish Parade as the quote unquote 50 yard line for the parade. This is the place to be. And Socks on 35th joining Socks in the basement out there starting at noon during the entire parade. Uh, I have boxes upon boxes of things to give away with Socks in the basement and Socks on 35th logos. Uh, this is the first time we've ever sat down and made a combo item that has both logos on it. We got together. We we came up with it. It's very Irish. It's uh, Everybody's going to be having them walking up and down the avenue and, and inside of the bar. I think it's going to be an extremely visible thing. I can't wait to do it. Uh, if you want to learn more about Cork and Carry, check out CorkandCarry.com and make sure you join us at the parade. And when baseball comes back, Cork and Carry at the park, of course. The place, pregame, postgame, and likely where we will all be at next after the parade for opening day. On the phone line with me right now, I had to have him here for the first show uh, of the new baseball era. Now that the lockout is over, he's with Southside Sox. He's with Future Sox. He's been with us since the beginning. He is very informative and uh, seems to know an awful lot. From time to time, James Fox will say, this is going to happen, and it actually happens. How are you, James? I'm good. Crazy week. Crazy day. Great day, James. Don't don't just just say it. Great day. Like I actually I actually saw like a hype video that a fan put together and I saw it retweeted and I and I reposted it on the Sox in the Basement account because I got chills and a little bit of tears. Like they didn't fall, but my eyes got watery. Just remembering how good my team was and all of this junk for the last couple of months is over. And now I have a team that has a chance to win a World Series. Yeah, it's it's uh, very refreshing. You know, I thought the biggest baseball news of the day was us dropping the top thirty prospect list at Future Sox, and then uh, you know, that's uh, oh no. boy. 
tone. No, no, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't make it the, in there. And then the and then the Bears make news. It was nuts today. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, but baseball's back, and that and that's just so exciting to me. It's exciting to anybody that's involved with the game, around the game. I'm sure it's exciting for you. So before we get into what might happen here in the next couple of days, what do you think about what happened at the end of these negotiations? So many people had their hands in this thing. It was not just players and owners. And at the very end, you have the entire executive board of the players. A lot of guys that make a lot of money and a lot of them share the same agent, all voting against it. And then you get 26 out of 30 major league teams that vote for it, and the players overrule their own executive board, and we have baseball back. What did you think of that? Yeah, so I think a couple things. I mean, I think it. I think it's fine for the executive board to vote no, because they likely knew that they had 20 votes. Like, you needed 20 votes out of 38. They had 26. They likely knew that they had 26 clubs. So it actually makes sense for them to vote no, just because like if some of those guys are going to be on the executive committee again next time, now they can kind of come back to the table and tell the owners like, look, we didn't vote yes last time. So, you know, they can push and push and push for more. Look, behind the scenes, like Scott Boris has been very influential in this whole thing and not in a completely good way. You know, I know we're, we're conditioned to hate the owners and hate the billionaires and like, that's fine. Like I was on the player side too, but Scott Boris did a lot of damage just because Five of his clients were on the executive committee. Max Scherzer apparently was very, you know, he was very tough and very abrasive. And he was like the loud guy in the room. But, you know, a lot of that stems from Scott Boris just kind of telling these guys, oh, yeah, keep pushing because these owners, they always cave because they always cave with him. And maybe he had a point. Maybe he kind of knew, like, they they definitely settled a little. They didn't get everything. They were never going to get everything back. But I think with all the TV money and all that stuff coming, like the owners were, were fine with this deal. Um, and, and ultimately they got what they wanted. I think, and you know, you're a union guy. Anytime you get into situations like this where the entire 40-man roster is essentially has some input, like in voting, I knew it was a yes as soon as they were like, oh, players are voting. It's like, okay, well, this is done. Because 70% of the league makes under a million dollars. They need to play baseball. This deal gets them 162. I think it's pretty good all around. They they got a lot of stuff back, and they, you know they just got to chip away at the next couple of agreements after giving away as much as they've given away the last few times. And what I can see here is that Universal DH is coming in, but some of the other things that we thought in the last week or so that were going to be here, especially like a band of the shift. What I'm reading and when I'm going through everything that Major League Baseball has put out and their writers and people employed by MLB are putting out is that that didn't actually happen. There's going to be a rules committee that's going to come together in which the owners, of course, have more votes than the players. So they're going to be able to do whatever they want to. They only have 45 days notice that they have to give before they change a rule. And in the offseason, they're going to explore things like a shift ban and things like that. But that's not going to actually hit this season. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, I think this year seems like pretty much the status quo other than DH. I mean, we're not going to have the seven inning double headers anymore, which I kind of liked actually. And then like, you know, the ghost runner thing, that's over, you know, extra innings thing. So yeah, I I mean, I think a rules committee is good. I, I don't really think rules should be collectively bargained. Like they're not in the other sports, but you should have stakeholders involved basically and it seems like that's what they're going to do which is good i mean i think if you wanted to go to bigger bases right now there, there's something to be said for that because i do think it's like safer but other than that i mean yeah it's good i mean 
obviously the international draft was a huge focus and I have, I have a lot of stuff on that on my Twitter timeline. I, I don't, I don't really understand the consternation over it, especially with the deal that they currently have. Um, but they'll, they'll look at that. And I think ultimately they'll have one eventually, but you know, I, I just thought like torpedoing this entire deal over an international draft would have been absolutely absurd after seeing, you know, how close they were on numbers and, Obviously, there was a shift in the last, whatever, 12 hours, because yesterday at this time, it didn't seem like this was going to happen today, but then it did because clear heads prevailed and 162 with all the money uh, rules the day, basically. Yeah. And it doesn't abandon your fan bases. It tells it tells people like my uncle who sent me an angry text message after the first deadline didn't get uh, met and they said, we're not going to play an entire season originally because these deadlines moved like crazy. He sends me a text message like, well, if they're not doing 162, I'm not in the fantasy baseball league and I'm canceling my tickets. Like, I mean, there were people that reacted that way, but in the end it is 162. We are going to get a full season. It wasn't the way we wanted it to go, but now it's kind of time to focus on baseball. Like, I don't know if I'll ever feel the same about Max Scherzer. Like, you know, I never felt the same about Tom Glavin. And uh, I'm a little annoyed by the four clubs. Like, like I saw, I think it was the Cardinals, the Mets. I can't remember all four of them, but like there were four clubs that voted against it. Like I'm booing them. Astros, horrendously. And, Astros and Yankees. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, Screw those well, guys. I mean, so the Cardinals, so I will say the Cardinals, you know, had Andrew Miller. He's on the executive board. And then the Mets obviously have, I mean, the Mets have reasons, I guess, for voting. No, just because of like the luxury tax threshold, but like their owner doesn't care. Like he's just going to like spend over it anyway. So like that's fine. I mean, I, I think in the room, he, like I, I think twenty nine dudes are trying to like put in a Steve Cohen tax, and he's like, "Yeah, that's fine, guys. I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> like it, it's it's kind of like whatever." Yeah, you know? he's like, like, "I could buy four of your teams. I'm not concerned." The league needs more Steve Cohens, not less Steve Cohens. Yes, exactly. All right, let's move to what could happen this weekend. Uh, at some point this weekend, I would imagine we're going to see a ton of moves. I I, I believe that I was not alone thinking that it was going to start immediately. Like the moment it was ratified, it was going to start immediately. You were telling me before we jumped on the air, this might be a gentleman's agreement. Like nobody wants to look like they were tampering or talking or working out trades during the lockout, but there's probably a lot of things in place and there's going to be a point where it's all going to come out. Is that accurate? Yeah. It's like when you, you know, you, you, everybody starts at like a new company and like, the boss ordered pizza and like nobody wants to be the first one to like get up and get like that second slice. I feel like that's like what this is. Like nobody wants to be like the first team to like open the floodgates, but like, look, it's, ha- it's going to happen. This weekend's going to be absolutely nuts. I mean, we had Kevin Goldstein of Fangraphs on our podcast yesterday and he had talked to multiple people, you know, and he just said like, yeah, chaos is what most people have said. And, you know, I know you've heard this too for years and years, I've had buddies that are like, oh, the NBA and the NFL, like free agency is awesome. Like, why can't baseball be like that? And obviously it's because there's no salary cap and, you know, you just wait and wait and wait. And in those leagues, like teams just literally run out of money. So everybody signs within 48 hours. This is going to be a lot like, I think, what it was that last five days or whatever in November when everybody was signing. And it was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, dude, there's like 200 players that need to sign. Like, this is it's going to be great. And uh you know, as far as the White Sox, like, look, I think I think they have a big need in right field. I've heard some Castiano stuff, too, but <laughs> I don't know how you do that to Luis Robert. Like, I don't really know what that means. Like, apparently he was going to go to the Marlins, and now they're not going to do that. So, you know, we've talked Conforto before. 
I don't know. I, I can't get that worked up over second base because I think they're going to find somebody. Bruce Levine is dropping hints about Oakland, which makes a ton of sense. I mean, Oakland has any number of starting pitchers, like plus Tony Kemp, plus like relievers, like anything like that, like wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, but the, the Sox aren't done. Everybody knows the needs outfield left-handed bat somewhere, second base, probably a starter, probably another reliever. And they probably spin off Kimbrel somewhere. So they're going to be in camp Sunday and you'll have spring training games next week. And look, I don't think they're going to make every move like tomorrow, but you know, over the next couple of weeks, there should be a pretty good amount of action. That's awesome. All right. Before I let you go, you did mention it earlier. Future Sacks put out their top 30 prospects. And I I was surprised that uh, Norgay Vera was not number one, my friend. Uh, you went with Colson Montgomery up there at the top. We kept Montgomery one because a lot of people we've talked to think he's going to stay at shortstop. Um, Norgay Vera, if he's one soon, wouldn't be a big surprise. But, you know, he, he struck out a bunch of teenagers in the DSL. Like, we need to see him do it here. But he's very, very promising. Um, I've heard really good things about Colas from camp. Obviously, team sources only and beat guys, you know, just like, yeah, it's impressive, big-time power. I don't know if you saw him. You know, they, they showed some video. He kind of looks like Cliff Floyd. We'll see. I mean, it, there's going to be an adjustment. I mean, he, he hasn't played baseball in a long time, and he's probably going to go to Winston-Salem. He's older, so people think he should be ready, but he's just not because he needs to play. And then, you know, they're much younger. The system's much younger. It's, it's not a very good system. It's the 30th-ranked system in baseball most places. But I remember when they had the 30th ranked system and Addison Reed was their top prospect. So the, it, it's much better than that. If they can get into the 20 to 25 range, like while contending for World Series, that's fine. That's enough. They'll be they'll be okay. All right, James Fox, he's the man. I love having him on the show. James is a you're a draw, man. You come on, people love what you have to say. You've done a very good job of kind of breaking things down. We're lucky that you come on socks in the basement, and uh, I cannot wait to uh, have a couple of beers, maybe even opening weekend over at Cork and Carry at the park, or if you want to come out this Sunday during the Southside Irish Parade. But I appreciate you jumping on the show. Thank God baseball is back, and thanks for getting on socks in the basement. Oh yeah, thanks for having me, Rob Manfred. Save baseball, Chris. I, I think James is trolling with that one. Uh, and that's fine. You know what? Have a laugh because for crying out loud, Ed, it was a long, long last couple of months. I mean, you know, in the end, he did get a deal done. He did. It's going to drive yeah. people nuts what James said there at the end, but he did get a deal done. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He got the deal done. That's very, very true. And we can have a laugh about it now, but looking back on it, it's going to be a little bit like looking back at, you know, having a round of chemo or something like that, where, when it's all said and done and you're through it, you can be like, all right, that wasn't so bad. But during it, it was pretty painful. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not prepared obviously to give anybody any credit because I think, uh, I think there's a real possibility that in some ways they just sort of started throwing food back and forth to each other and ended up baking a cake on accident. Listen, we didn't think this was going to happen. No, we did not. We actually recorded a show before everything went down. Because my my big night for bowling out with the guys is Thursday night. So I try to get things done with Ed before I go out bowling. Now, bowling season is going to end here in about a week or two, and then everything's back to normal. But in the off season, I bowl on Thursdays. So we got Jordan Lazowski on from so Sox on So you got a lot foot. of bowling in this off season, then. A lot of bowling. A lot of bowling in Extra bowling. Right. Yeah. So Jordan Lazowski joins us from Sox on 35th, and we had this whole plan for if this lasted for months. 
because I got really negative. And I wanted to make sure that we had some content for everybody. I, I want to play you just, just for a few minutes what we were going to do if the owners and the players didn't come to an agreement and baseball was back for 162, okay? So we're going to jump into it, and you're going to hear just a few minutes of us with Jordan, and then we're going to come back to after everything was signed. We got Adam Kaplan on from Sox on 35th, like moments after it was signed. I talked to him on the phone, and Ed and I are going to talk to you as well. This is Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. We're going to form a wiffle ball, a traveling wiffle ball team. We're going to broadcast the games. We're going to do this until baseball comes back. So again, <laughs> this could be the greatest idea that never it happened. Could be, it could be dead on the table, though. Right. What, or, what we're hoping. Or Yeah, I'm hoping it's dead on the table. But if not, this is going to be something that we're going to do so that there's a little bit of alternate entertainment and we can kind of have some fun and we can involve the listeners in it. And if listeners want to put teams together, this is what we're going to do. So here we go. The general manager of this unnamed team, the wiffle ball, the traveling wiffle ball team, Ed Siebert, sitting right here, and the manager, I, I named a manager, I'm not giving you a choice, I'm like the Chicago Bears, the manager is Jordan Lazowski. John Fox? <laughs> oh no, it's Jordan Lazowski. Okay. <laughs> Jordan Lazowski will be the manager of this team. I have, I have selected a very analytical group to run my front office. I figure if we're going to play wiffle ball, we're going to play it by the numbers. Uh, we're going to look at launch angle. We're going to we're going to use uh, whip and uh, all kinds of crazy, you know, F war, B war, yeah. and we're going to be oh yeah, yeah we're, we're going to be looking at all of the metrics, man. Yeah. Every single one of them. We're going to have to create S war, which is uh, or or W war for wiffle ball war. But but Jordan, like you're an analytical guy, you're going to be a manager. What what would you think? What kind of of uh, of sabermetric number do you think could actually apply to a traveling wiffle ball team? I, I mean, if you, if you look at this sort, sort of wiffle ball game and you look at, you know, people who play professionally and clearly I thought this out a lot. Um, <laughs> when, when you look in the past 45 seconds, since you named a manager, he's in the past 45 fun. seconds, since I've been named the manager, I have thought so much he's about so, this. Listen, he's so happy, Ed. Look at him. Like baseball's I back know. in Jordan's face. This is what I wanted. Even if it doesn't bring joy to anybody else, I brought joy back to Jordan Lazowski. Because baseball's back for him at this very moment as he manages a ridiculous traveling wiffle ball team with its games broadcasted on Socks in the Basement. And I will say this, too. like If people didn't like some of my thoughts as a potential general manager and some of the stuff I put on Twitter, you'll hate to see me as a manager. Like It's not getting any better. You'll hate what I do with that. It's, it's a, and it gets to my point of, you know, especially in wiffle ball, I can't be playing base to base. You got crazy guys throwing crazy pitches. I need people who are going to hit homers. I'm going to prioritize homers even more than you thought I did moving forward with this wiffle ball team. I think it's so important that you're able to put the ball over the fence as you're facing all these off-speed pitches. It's it's a tough game if you get the tough teams against them. And between that and a solid outfield defense, I've got two things in mind when I'm putting my uh, lineups together. You also want to find a Yasmati Grandal type player because some, some pitchers some pitchers can't hit the can't target, with, and you got to have a guy that just gets on base, right? Yeah, you got to have guys <laughs> who are stacking the top and getting other guys in. I 
it, it's not hard. You got to get those guys who are going to get on base so the other ones can drive them in. It's not, it's not a hard game. Well, my, my, my first move as GM is very clear, though, okay? Once the team is assembled, I figure out where we have a, a weakness, where we only have one person who can possibly play a certain position, and that's it. And there's nobody else behind them. And I'm going to immediately trade that guy to another team for our strongest position just to make Jordan's life easier. You know, that, that sort of working together is exactly, that collaboration is exactly what you're looking for out of a front like, office. Right, right, right. We don't need a second. Absolutely incredible. We don't have any backup second baseman, but let's get another relief pitcher. That kind of philosophy, that's what you're going to go do? I mean, if you want to draw a parallel to somebody else who's doing the general manager job. Joining me on the phone line right now, and I have to apologize to him from Sox on 35th, Adam Kaplan. How are you, Adam? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, is there anything happening to baseball recently? <laughs> so here, I'm apologizing because you're getting bumped. Like, we were going to have, like, a full segment with you, and we were going to talk about your article up on Sox on 35th. You go by Millennial Sox, and you, you write great stuff. Doing a really good job when there's no baseball to talk about over the last couple of months. And you did an entire thing on the 2015 White Sox and why it all went so bad and why they were such a terrible team. And we don't have to talk about that now because we actually have baseball coming back. But I, I wanted to have you on still, say I'm sorry, and, uh, and give you a chance to summarize the article that is currently up on Sox on 35th. You know, I have my computer on. I have all these tabs, all these baseball reference tabs, all the players' 2014 and 2015 statistics, players that not- Connor Gillespie and Tyler Flowers already. I'm already going to talk about them, but who cares? We got baseball. Um, I do think the article is kind of interesting because I do have a point of how the 2015 White Sox led to the 2022 White Sox. I do think it was kind of a seminal point of, like, we, we buy a bunch of players in free agency and trades. They're still awful. Screw it. It caused them to scrap the team, rebuild, and cause the team we have today. Read it. It's a good article. I spent some time on it. But who cares about the 2015 White Sox? Baseball is back, baby. Yeah, I know, man. I'm I'm so excited. Max Scherzer has turned into Tom Glavin for me. He was the guy I hated in 94. And once again, I hate a member from the player side, and it's going to be Max Scherzer. He got his money, and now he's the very rich, very whiny. I mean, reports coming out as they were trying to put this thing through. The, the idea that Mets players were against the final agreement and that the executive board unanimously votes it down, led by Scherzer and a bunch of Boris clients, and then the, then the players get their vote. And each team pulls their players and counts as one vote. 30 teams, 26 to 4. The players wanted the deal. 8 to nothing. The Boris clients and Scherzer didn't want the deal. He's now a guy that uh, I think should be booed every time he takes the mound. Will you remember some of the people that uh, that aggravated you in this time, or is all forgiven, Adam? I think for me, I'll be forgiven. We have baseball. We're most likely going to have a 162-game season, a lot of doubleheaders, sounds like, but we have baseball this year. We have our 2022 White Sox, which should be awesome. They're going to play a full season. I don't care what you know, Francisco Lindor and Max Scherzer did during it. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will remember it either to their, I mean, luckily for them. I believe the next couple of days is going to be absolutely insane. I'm shocked if the White Sox 
don't take care of second base and right field by the time that they play their first game next week against the Chicago Cubs. The first spring training game is supposed to happen on the 18th, according to Scott Merkin. So, so much is going to happen so quickly. Give me your bold predictions. What will the White Sox do in the next couple of days? It might have happened by the time people actually listen to this. What what do you think they're going to do at second base, right field? What positions are they going after? Do you have a name or two that you are pretty positive might end up being on the White Sox? All right, so my bold prediction is one that you're not going to like and that I think Lurie is going to be the starting second baseman. Stop trying to harsh my mellow, okay? You're, you're, you're ruining this good moment, Adam. I guess I'll get the bat out of the way first. <laughs> and that's that. Um, I mean, listen, if all reports from, you know, Portillo's account and McDonald's hamburger accounts are any indication, then the White Sox are getting Michael Conforto and... You know, that would be amazing. But, I mean, I do think they're going to get a a right fielder. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone like Chris Bryant or like a name that's not really connected to him. Just because the White Sox have been pretty good of not letting things leak out. Um, I think, you know, with Liam Hendricks, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, Jeff Passant's tweeting that uh, it's going to be Liam Hendricks is going to the White Sox. It's just like, oh, out of the blue, we already got a couple of players, and bam, we got Liam Hendricks too, and that was awesome. So the the Twitter sphere kind of thinks that Conforto's like to the White Sox are a done deal. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a name that's not connected. Now, if it's a name like Nick Castellanos, freaking amazing. I don't think that's going to happen. I still think Terry's too cheap for that. But I do think they are going to get an outfielder. And it also wouldn't be surprised if after that happens, someone like Gavin Sheets gets traded. I'm not advocating for it, and I don't want it to happen per se, and I don't really have any insight. It's just kind of a gut feeling of, oh, we have Andrew Vaughn now. We have, you know, we have our right fielder. Uh, can we get something for Gavin Sheets? Interesting. Adam Kaplan writes for Saxon 35th. We announced this partnership with Saxon 35th right after the lockout began, and for the first time, Baseball is as normal and Sox in the basement, Sox on 35th combined, ready for a massive season. Cork and Carey, we will be out there. Adam, are you coming? You coming Sunday? I live in the North Burbs. I'm like trying to come. I'm trying to convince my wife to come. I want to come. Fingers crossed. That's all foolishness. You tell her baseball's back and we're partying at the Cork at 106th and Western, and we are going to have a blast. We'll see you out there on parade day on the 13th. It's going to be an insane weekend with the party, the giveaways over there, and then also what the White Sox are going to do. Read all of Adam's work on SoxOn35th.com. My friend, congratulations to you on baseball coming back. Congratulations to you on now having something to talk about for all the podcasts coming up. So how do you see the weekend going, Ed? How, how, does, the, how does the weekend go in your mind, I mean, most people are going to listen to this the day it comes out on Saturday. They might wait till Sunday. They might wait for it a couple days from now, and they're already going to know the answer. But how do you see, how about this, the first week between now and the 18th when the White Sox play their first spring training game against the Cubs? Well, if Rick's got his eye on a, on a prize-free agent, he's going to make that move to get him into camp early enough. Uh, I, I really honestly, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the team kind of as it stands, maybe notwithstanding a free agent report. And then if there's going to be trade activity, it could happen. If it doesn't happen right away, I think they could almost even get into games before 
they get these trades done. And I think that's going to be common around the league, though, too. I don't think that's just endemic to the White Sox. I, I think you're going to see that quite a bit with teams in spring training still picking guys up and making trades, which doesn't, I, it, which just never happens in spring normally, right? You know, you don't really see that where it's like Craig Kimbrell gets traded, you know, on the fifth spring training game or something like that. Well, it kind of feels like everybody's probably already talked. Some of these free agents already know where they're going and nobody wants to announce anything. Think about it. I mean, yeah. like you oh, don't yeah. want to, if you're a player, you don't want to admit that you were talking during the lockout. If you're, if you're a GM and you're a team, you don't want to admit that you were talking during a lockout, but we've talked about it before on the show. There's no way Rick Hahn didn't talk to every general manager in baseball over the last couple of months, right? That he doesn't know exactly every option he has on the trade block. And, and it might be like, okay, if this guy comes here in free agency, then pull this lever with this trade that I worked out with the A's or the Phillies or the Mets or whatever. And that's kind of how it feels to me. And everybody, though, is kind of just sitting back and trying to figure it out as we sit here and talk on Thursday night going into Friday when this episode comes out. But, like, at some point, it's going to be, like, one's going to trickle out, second one trickles out, and then floodgates. Like, boom, that's what I expect. Oh, yeah. And I think I was really frustrated over the last couple of days. I mean, like I've been, I've been emotional no. today. I, oh, I've been, I, you know, I have been, I've been, I've been emotional I today. I, I saw, I saw like, you know, hype videos and, you know, just like any kind, anything that reminded me of summer at the ballpark, my team being back and the fact that we're really good and we're like a couple of pieces away from a possible world series. Right. And like, just looking at that stuff today, knowing that baseball is coming back, like I, I became an emotional fan looking at it and I just can't wait. Like I am going to have so much fun this weekend at the Southside Irish Parade. I'm going to have so much fun this weekend talking with Sox in the basement listeners and Sox on 35th readers and White Sox fans in general. And I can't even wait for the show that comes out next week. Like the last month has been so difficult for me to just be like, oh, we got to do another socks in the basement. What the hell are we going to talk about? Right. And I feel like we did like the best we could, but man, now I can't wait. Like I am like, I I'm, I'm like six steins in. I'm actually drinking the big beers tonight. As you can see, I'm yeah, I see uh, that. drinking out of the big giant stein, the, the big German stein tonight. It was a big German stein night tonight. That's how I'm celebrating. And I cannot wait to get started. Well, prost my friend. And, uh, I do have one bit of bad news though. Um, if they can't agree on an international draft, Socks in the Basement and Socks on 35th have to split and go back to the qualifying offers. Wait, what? Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.